You're listening to a podcast from 702. Well then, um, if the Labour Court decision is anything to go by, four SABC journalists will be back at work tomorrow um, because the court uh, found earlier on that they are entitled to return to work immediately and continue with their duties and responsibilities. Now, they had taken the matter to the Labour Court because they were fired for questioning the broadcaster's censorship policy. It is the second case that the SABC has lost in recent days over the censorship situation. Uh, Last week, you remember this in the High Court in Pretoria, uh, the SABC was ordered uh, to revert back to its old policies, and that followed a decision by the Independent Communications Authority of South Africa that said that the SABC's policy of not showing us uh, violent protests, etc., is unconstitutional and illegal. Let me go now to Imran Mohammed. Uh, he's the head of employment practice group at Hogan Lovells. Good to talk to you, Imran. Hi, good afternoon, Colani. Thank you very much for coming through. A number of issues that I'd like to discuss with you, starting with the one, the court, you know, in its judgment, um, is also instructing SABC managers to file affidavits in five days to tell the court why they should not be held personally liable for the legal costs of the journalists. I thought this was interesting. Well, Colani, the the order of the court probably has its genesis in in an earlier decision of the Supreme Court of Appeal that goes back uh, to 2013 in a matter that dealt with the the MEC for Economic Development and the Houting Gambling Board, Mm. where the Supreme Court of Appeal, by and large, set the precedent way back in 2013 that that in the court it said that courts, uh, lower courts, should seriously consider holding public officials personally liable for legal costs. So where public officials um, are representing or uh, uh, public institutions like the SABC uh, or other parastatals or, or, or government departments that in certain instances they should be held personally liable for legal costs. And so, so the benchmark was set in 2013 and the court took into account certain factors. Uh, and those factors the, the court found to, to, have, uh, to have applied in, in this decision with solidarity and, and the SABC and therefore came to, to, to this conclusion. It is very interesting because um, whilst, of course, you point out that it was set, the, the benchmark was set back in 2013, we haven't heard much about it, and it does avoid wastage where, where public monies are concerned. Absolutely. In, fa- in fact, that was the position of, of the Supreme Court of Appeal, that ultimately holding the entity responsible means that it's the taxpayer that becomes liable for the cost at the end of the day. So where you hold, a personal, uh, where, where you hold the officials personally liable, then those costs are paid out of their own pocket and they've got to seriously consider whether or not they, they institute litigation or defend litigation in a particular manner. And, and what, what the court looks at is, is certain factors and it says, has the public official acted in a high-handed manner or has they appeared to be indignant or uh, is there a disregard of constitutional norms? And in this particular case, in the SABC case, you'll know that the general manager for radio news and current affairs mm-hmm. and the acting group executive for news and current affairs at the SABC have been held uh, personally liable and they've got to provide reasons to the court as to why they should not be personally liable for the cost. But the interesting thing is that can the SABC and the managers that you've just pointed out, the managers that you've just told us about, can they appeal uh, the, the order? Yeah, well, the, the processing court is the following. The, the, the GM for Radio News and the acting group executive at the SABC uh, are at present held personally liable. But they've got five days within which to give the court reason why they should not be held personally liable. 
So they have five days within which to put up an affidavit in court to provide reasons why they should not be responsible. But instead of instead of giving those reasons, can they then say, well, actually, we appeal the entire uh, order by this labor court? That, 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 that's possible in relation to the entire application. So that's, uh, that's presumably an option available to, to, the, to the SABC in its own right to, to file an application for leave to appeal in, in relation to the, uh, the, the entire order. But what's, what's quite interesting about the order is that the, the final paragraph of the order does make provision that the SABC itself can also be held responsible for, for the costs. So, so what, what, what the judge does in this particular case is that he provides that the protagonists in this particular matter, being, being the GM and the acting group executive at the SABC, until such time as they give good reason as to why they should not be held personally liable, that they would. And I, I, I think this, this, this is, is an important judgment pursuant to the 2013 decision of, of the SCA. It, it, it's uh, a position that's consistently now been, been applied by, by the courts since 2013 that public officials are being held liable uh, personally in relation to particular pieces of litigation. Mm. And I think it's, 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 an, it's, it's, uh, it's important because it holds public officials personally responsible and it makes public officials uh, think independently. It makes them, it forces them to think critically and not to blindly follow instructions that come from management. So in, in, uh, in, in this particular case, the, the, the two individuals that have been held responsible were protagonists mm. in the dismissal of, of the applicants that were represented by, by the trade union. Sure. So, so, so where those decisions were made by these particular line managers, you know, it, it sends a strong message to, 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 the public, uh, to, to public institutions okay. that where you act in such instance, you've got to think very carefully because if you're challenged in relation to these sort of decisions, you run as an individual the, 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 the risk of being held personally liable for costs. And, and very significant in this case is that the costs are not, uh, it's at, at, at a very high scale, it's at attorney-client costs, which means it's, a, uh, it's the costs that the union would be paying its, its lawyers. It's not on a, it's not on a lower scale. So, mm. it's, you know, it sends a very strong message. Indeed. But also, uh, we must understand that the context here was about freedom of speech. And you've looked at the judgment. There are elements about freedom of speech that are important in this judgment. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I, I think they're, they're probably pleasing quite well to, to the segment that you were running yesterday on, on Facebook. Uh, one, one of the arguments that, uh, that, that was raised in, in, in this matter uh, was the journalist's freedom of expression and a breach of their freedom of expression. Um, what what the, the counsel for the applicants, that's the, the journalists and the union, did clearly acknowledge, mm. he said that that, this, that the employees cannot readily rely upon their constitutional right to freedom of expression to disseminate any form of information which may portray their employer in a poor light. So, so, so you recall that what the fact in this matter was that the employees, the journalists took a particular view that was, that was adverse to the editorial position of, of the SABC. Mm. They relied upon their right to freedom of expression as to why they were doing it. But it was acknowledged in this case that the particular circumstances of this case allowed the journalists to do what they did. So it doesn't allow all employees to simply badmouth the employer in, in, in a public sphere and then simply rely upon a constitutional right to, exp- to freedom of expression and hope that the court will then come to an employee's assistance. So, so the judgment must certainly not be read in, in that light. It, it's in, in very particular circumstances and you're dealing with journalists who have 
the right of freedom of expression. Very, very important element. Imran, I'm just wondering if you can take a quick question from Richard. Uh, Richard wants to know how the, this, this judgment may apply to corporates. Maybe let me just take uh, Richard's call quickly. Uh, Richard, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Colonel. You said it all. I just want to find out whether a similar principle can be applied in the private sector. For instance, the CEO in the private sector has acted in Malafide. And can that be applicable as well? Oh, good one. Uh, that's Richard. Uh, Imran? Um, uh, Colonel, so, sorry, the, the, the question didn't come across too clearly. So, so, so he essentially wants to know that the Supreme Court of Appeals decision back in 2013 and holding people, particularly in the public sector, people who are running public um, sector organizations accountable for their decisions, can the same be transferred and be said for, for, for private sector uh, organizations? Well, well at, at this point, our law, our law is not uh, at, the, at, at that point as yet. Uh, remember, all of the decisions that deal with this deal with the public sector, and it's ultimately taxpayers' money. So in relation to, to the private sector, this, the, the, the sort or this line of, of authority doesn't find equal application, certainly not at this point in, in our law. Okay, so there's no specific law uh, that points to the private sector um, uh, around this issue? Not, not, not at this point in time. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah, Imran, listen, thank you very much. Eh? It really has been very helpful. Thanks for coming through. I much appreciate it. My pleasure. All the best. All right, then. That's Imran uh, Mohammed. He is the head of employment practice um, uh, at Hogan Lovells. Thank you very much. Again, I'll take your calls here on 011 883